Welcome to the FLW Fantasy Pod. Here with your host, Michael, and I'm here with Bainey. How you going, Bainey? Yeah, good, Michael. Yourself? Yeah, good. Uh, we're also joined once again by Ben from DT Talk. Ben, how are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me back on. It's good to have you. It was a uh, big weekend of footy. Yeah, I managed to catch a few games, but um, yeah, I was amazed that some of you actually attempted to have multiple screens at the same time. That was incredible. Yeah, it was rough. I um, I just went for the two. I just did. My, I had my laptop going and watched another game on my phone, but um, it, it was it was rough going. As well as obviously having the men's games coming up on the same. I don't know what's with footy fixturing. Like having one game on the Sunday. Like I know they wanted to have sort of the teams playing. Um, the same as the men's time, but kind of they're not playing at the same ground or anything. They weren't exactly curtain raisers. They probably could have thrown a few games on the Sunday to for people to actually watch. But yeah, yeah, there's I a lot managed... to follow, Michael. There's a lot yes, to follow. Yes, there is footy finals for the men's into the start of the women's season. Yeah, it's and and we got uh, trade rumors going on with the men's and all. It's yeah, it's a lot to process. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely prioritize watching the AFLW matches just nice. because. Yeah. Um, obviously with the pod, but like there's no champion data aren't covering, didn't cover those matches. So there's no stats available. And a lot of the games didn't even have commentary teams, which is a little surprising. Um, but it meant that I kind of wanted to pay a bit more attention to those games and just watch the replay of any men's games. The yeah. Next- I was really zooming in on those um, jumper numbers with yep. a page of um, the player profiles on one side. And then, yeah, yes. zooming in, trying to tell the numbers apart. <laughs> yeah, I did the same. It was, um, and then obviously there's some players that were missing from team team lists on their websites and stuff as well. <laughs> it was rough, but uh, how how are your men's teams going? Are you guys still doing AFL fantasy, or have you given up? I, I'm sorry, you go, Ben. Yeah, I I've, I've given up on on men's fantasy this year. It was a great 2021, but yeah, with rolling knockouts, it takes a lot of effort to to keep following over the weekend, and yeah. Uh, with with things open now, it's tough. Uh, fantasy Premier League soccer has returned, and and my attention has shifted there. But excited to have the women's back. Yeah, yourself, Ben. Yeah, I'm I'm at about twenty three hundred. I've just been sitting around there for ages, so it's not terrible, but definitely can't win a hat. Um, I got really into Tour de France um, fantasy a month or two ago as well. They had Tour de France um, fantasy. Yeah, they do. First time playing it, but um, right. I was better at that than footy fantasy. Um, <laughs> so maybe we should just give up with footy entirely. But yeah, I've been big on draft. I'm into my um my league's grand final for the first time in a few years. I think because my classic team did so badly. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, definitely switching into AFLW mode now. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was getting alright. I was doing alright, sort of around the buys for the men's comp. I I think I was around. Uh, 150th coming out of the buys, but um, yeah, had a few, a few forced trades here and there like everybody else, and I think I'm down to about 900th or something. I had a good weekend. I think I was maybe 400th overall for the week, just gone. But nice. I'm 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 pretty tuned out of the men's comp now that I'm I'm ineligible for a hat or too far out for a hat, and yeah. I'll just probably I don't think I'll even look at my team this week. I'll probably just do a couple <laughs> of trades on Friday afternoon yeah. and. Um, I've been playing with my AFLW fantasy team all weekend. It's so exciting having a new comp open up again. And like, I kind of forget how exciting it is when you make that team for the first time and you've got yep. unlimited trades, the possibilities before your team's crap. Indeed, yeah, Wednesday night. Yeah, Wednesday night, I was just hitting refresh, refresh, refresh. Yep. Um, I know Selby said he's got a new server and I'm glad because I was um, 
would have been um, <laughs> causing a bit of a logjam there. Myself. Yeah, he was, a, he was a bit of a tease, wasn't it? He um he did post out that it would come out Wednesday night, and then obviously they had to do a bit of tinkering and stuff and ended up coming out Thursday morning. I think there was a lot of people that were waiting around Wednesday, really excited, and <laughs> might have stayed up late waiting for it to open. Yeah. Well, it, it is open now, and I must say I've changed my team, I don't know, 20 times. Is that all? Uh, <laughs> those are rookie numbers. you got to pump those numbers up, my friend. Oh, all these set and forget rules that I gave myself all gone out the yeah. window, you know? Yeah, it's completely different. Yeah. Uh, well, I suppose we can uh, we can get into the, the practice matches from the weekend. Um, so the first game was Saints-Brisbane. Did you catch that on, Ben? Yeah, it was Friday afternoon, so just in the background as I was working, I was glad there was commentary. Um, biggest takeaway for me was Georgia Petrikios. Um, she was the first person I picked in my team, and, um, yeah, she was awesome. Um, at least while I was working too, you could just see her name over and over again. So yeah, yeah, no, she, she was good. She, For those that don't know, she didn't play last season. She... Um she didn't get vaccinated so she wasn't allowed to play last season but with those rules of lax and she's come back but the season prior just before the first season of FLW fantasy she was I think maybe third or fourth highest averaging player in the competition and she gets that 30% discount having not played last season so a lot of people see her as a lock I thought that she um, started pretty slow sort of the first quarter two quarters which is to be expected that's her first hit out in like a year um but she really warmed up to it. So she's in my team at the moment and she'll probably stay there. Um, she's priced at, oh, it's not much. It's like 70 or something like that. So I can't see her going under that. I think it's pretty low risk. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point, Michael. Um, 106,500 is a, is a, a value. Um, yeah. yeah. I think she'd be many squads. I think that, um, it's enough money to sort of jump off her uh, in, into a good performing rookie if if she doesn't perform or she becomes your uh, your underpriced premium for the year. Mm. Yeah, sixty three. She's priced that. Yeah. Like, uh, how can she possibly go lower than sixty three when she averaged <laughs> like ninety five or something in her last full season? Yeah, that's my thinking as well. I just needed to see her at center bounces, and I think she was at almost all of them. Yeah, my only concern I had going in, well, apart from being rusty, but, you know, that's normal, is the amount of bids that they're trying to fit in there at the moment. Even though Lucas Rod left, um, Priest got Hannah Priest, the captain. She got most CBAs for the game. Uh, Tani White also got a lot of CBAs, as did our new recruit, Hannah Stewart, I think it was. So... I think, and there's a couple others they want to feed through there a little bit. So the question is, does she maybe get pushed out for a little bit? Because I think for her to be valued, she needs to be full-time mid. You know, if they want like sort of 70, 30 forward or something, then that might be a bit of a risk. No, good point. Good And and good, good, um, good, good quote on uh, Tani White as well. Uh, mm. she, I heard she was pretty good. Yeah, no, Tani was really good. Yeah. She um I think I think that she's probably gonna maintain what she did last year though. So she was a decent like I think she might have averaged maybe around ninety or eighty five last season. I think that's probably what she's gonna maintain. And you mentioned um Hannah Stewart there as well. She's super cheap. So she's that basement, basement price, yeah. twenty eight thousand seven hundred. Um yeah, could be worth a bench pick or in on the field even as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She's on my she's my currently my midfield bench. But um, I am uh, my my M five is actually a basement rookie. Um, so there is oh. a chance that I oh. 
that I put Stewart on over that player. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to our, our teams later on. But I just, again, I'm concerned with White, Priest, and Patricios that, um, like, they've, they've touted that she's going to be mostly midfield, which makes me think she might not get a lot of time on ground. Obviously, with FLW having only 16 on field and five on the bench, uh, there's a lot less time on ground to go around. And so the the Uber players do tend to get quite high time on ground. You get a lot of players that get below 50% even when they're not injured. So that's a little bit of a concern for me for Hannah Stewart. Uh, did you notice much from Brisbane? The big, um, the main takeaway for me was Natalie Greider. So mm. I didn't really notice her much last season, but really? I think because she was attending. Yeah, she never made it into my team right. last year, but I, I just noticed the centre bounces. Yeah, um, that was a big thing for me, I think. But I don't know if she'll be fourth or fifth midfielder in there is the only thing I'm not sure about. Yeah, well, last season she played predominantly wing and halfback. She was actually All-Australian halfback flank. Um, I don't think she had many CBAs at all, but she was towards the end of the season in a lot of teams. She averaged, I think, mid-80s. And because Brisbane's last, I think it might have been the last two games, um, the players were given averages because the games were postponed. So a lot of the top teams actually brought in Grider and Bates for the last two games just to... I know that uh, Rez and Porter, the top two coaches from last season, I know they brought her in at the end of the season for that. Um, but I think this season, I reckon the main reason she got a couple of extra CBAs was because Orla O'Dwyer was out. So I know a lot of people have been talking about Grider getting extra CBAs, but um, I haven't heard anything from the club to say that. So I'm not sure. She's in my team, but... I don't know if she's going to improve on what she did last year. She kind of swung between CBAs and halfback on the weekend. <clears throat> and when Orla comes back, I've got a feeling that those CBAs might just go back to the wing for her. So, yeah, no, good take. Very good take as well. Yeah. Um, Bates, did you, what did you think of her? Yeah, she looked awesome. Um, she did. But yeah, it's, it's hard. There are so many. Mid midfield premiums, I think. So there's a yeah. lot of competition for those spots. Yeah, she just kind of did her thing, right? Like she won the league BNF last season. Um, there's been a lot of talk about her in the off season, how much she's improved. So she's really on my radar. Yep. Um, yeah, I've got a feeling she might. Because she, she was one of those players that didn't have much of a ceiling last season. She was really consistent. Um, kind of like a, a Pendlebury type um, where she scored quite well but never really had that ceiling. And I'm kind of waiting to see if she if she has a ceiling game this season. I think she might come in. Um, also, Cutting, who we spoke about last week, Bainey, with Azza. Um, we mentioned she might be a good option, but it turns out that yeah, she actually yeah. got delisted. So That's right. <laughs> we missed yeah. that. I had a listener message me to say thanks for that, to let me know that Cutting is actually delisted and not picked up. So she's playing in the Sample W this season. Yeah, so, thanks, um, thanks, Leah, for your services uh, yes. in 2022A. Yes. Uh, The next game was Adelaide and North. Now, I missed this one. So, did either of you boys catch it by any chance? Nope, I did not. (laughs) I missed it. I've just been, I was reading some articles about it afterwards. That's the all information. Yeah, well, for me, um, like it started quite early and they had Essendon Port going on at the same time. So, I, I prioritised Essendon Port because the t- they were the two expansion clubs. I felt like there was a yep. lot more to get out of that. Like Adelaide, we know Adelaide and North really, we know what we're going to get from them. Yep. They've got a lot of Uber premiums already. Um, they were obviously quite late in the draft as well. So I don't think they're going to have a lot of draftees debuting early on. Um, yep. 
But I did read a few articles about it, and it sounds like Marinoff was big, as always. Um, sounds like she hasn't lost a step, so I think she might have been the highest-scoring player on the ground by the sounds of it. She played three quarters, and I think might have had the most disposals and most tackles was what I read. So yeah. if you're looking for an M1, she's a pretty safe one. Yeah. Uh, I think the relevance of um, Ghana, Riddell, Hatchard, um, Marinoff in, in our starting squads this year is huge. Yeah. And um, yeah, that can kind of make and break your your you know the, the first few rounds. Uh, who you go for and who you captain because you know you paying up means that you got to make one of those your captain. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have anyone from either of those teams <laughs> yet either. Yeah, wow. yeah Jasmine Garner is one that I'm definitely considering because of her forward status. Um, yeah. I think I read that there was a potential for her to play mostly forward this season. Um, in the article I read, it said she was busy at the coalface with. Ashley Riddell, but yeah, it'd be amazing to have actual stats. Yeah, I've I've heard um, people within the community talking about how they've heard from other people that have heard that Garner's playing mostly forward. I haven't heard anything from the club. All I've heard from the club was like what you said, Ben. Um, I heard that she's going to be in the coalface all season with Riddell. So um, I think that, like I said, I haven't started with her just because last these last season she started really slowly. And finish on fire, and so I'm a bit concerned she might start slowly again. Yes, but yes, good take. If you look, you could look at it good the other take. way around and say that typically you expect them to start a new season how you finished the last season, and if that's anything to go by, then she's underpriced because of her poor start last season. So I think it does depend on where she lines up, and I don't think I want to start a player that um, we're not sure what their role is going to be at that price. Yeah, I think it's sort of the the Josh Dunkley dilemma, you mm-hmm. know, paying up that kind of money for someone in the forward status. Uh, yeah, so she's not in my squad at this stage, but we'll talk squads later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, Chelsea Randall, just touch on her. So she missed most of last season with a pretty serious injury. So she returned in this game. You know, I know she's not super fantasy relevant, um, but she's priced at about 50. And her last, so last year, uh, I think she averaged about 70. And she's had a, a slight discount. I don't know the exact amount, but probably like a 20% discount on last year's average. Um, I think she only played like the one or two games last season, and uh, like her average is uh, it's probably going to have like a twenty or a thirty next to it because she because of that injured game. Um, but I think that if you're looking for a mid-priced option, if mid-prices are the way to go, and I'm not sure that they are, but they're hard to come by. Um, she could be one. Like she's the captain of Adelaide, and yep. um, she's a bit of a rebounding defender, so she might be worth a look. Good take. Very good take. Very good take. One to watch, I feel. Maybe not start with her in round one, but you know, bring yeah. on your radar to bring in round two, round three. Yeah. Essendon Port, that was the big one. Did uh, either of you see much of that? Tell us about it, Michael. <laughs> well, I, I think this was the most relevant one of the, the weekend, yep. to be honest. Two expansion teams. Yep. Um, and they surprised me. Like they actually played really well. Um, I thought, like with the way the game started, Port were going to run over the Bombers, um, but the Bombers came back and won that game. So uh, I think the main reason for that was Gemma Houghton. She's been traded from Frio to Port, and she was just absolutely dominant. She was, in my opinion, by far the best player on the ground. Um, she she was rested for the last quarter and a half, yeah. And I think at that time, Port were up by about twenty points, oh. and after she went off, Essendon won by about twenty points. So. Um, I think that I personally, I can't pick a player like that, a player that's like, she's a genuine forward, but, and you would think that as a genuine forward, she probably, she probably would have had more 
beating her at Fremantle, then she's going to have it play Adelaide. Yes, Fremantle have yes. the best best midfield in the comp. But oh, she just looked so good. Like I just as soon as I watched that game, I put her in my team just to see what it looked like. Yeah. And she was just amazing. Like she I think she had maybe I don't know the exact stats, maybe four or five goals. I saw her taking marks in the defensive fifty and then just pushing forward again. She looked amazing. Yeah. Um a big part of that was Aaron Phillips. So she played full time mid. She attended nearly every center bounce, which surprised me. Um, she played all four quarters. She wasn't rested at all. And wow. she's 37, and she's just come off knee, off-season knee surgery. Yep. Um, but at uh, Adelaide, she was playing 50-50 forward and mid. Yep. Um, and it sounds like at Port Adelaide, they really want her to play full-time mid just because they need her. Yep. Um, so she's going to be a really interesting one, right? Like, <clears throat> if, if she plays full-time mid, I think she's an absolute lock. She's priced at seventy uh, six, yeah. and if she's full time mid, I think she can push a hundred. Okay. Um, okay. But the question is, can she? Right? Like, she, I, surely they don't expect her to play four quarters in the guts every week um, with all those younger players around her. What do you guys think? Ooh, good, good take. I, I have a feeling with with just ten rounds, um, how much footy does she have left in her? Is this is this the uh the, the last dance for her and you know she want to go out with a bang very very interesting proposition so yeah uh i, I back her into play 10 rounds yeah and ben do you reckon she's gonna go forward i mean yeah I, I would play her as a midfielder i feel like with these expansion clubs they want that experience on the field along with all of that youth that they've got through all those draft picks and recruits so i feel like mid is a good is a good pick and she does look good as on in the team structure is a good F1 yep. if you want to save some cash there yes. too. Yes. Yeah, that's, yes. that's what I liked. Because so, I, I wasn't a big fan of, like I said, I don't want to start Garner. I don't want to start Houghton. There's a few others. So for me, it's Phillips at the moment. Nice. Um, but, nice. oh, like, I, you know, the old adage, you can't win the comp in round one, but you can lose it. And starting with too many risky players, you can, you know, your team can be shot after round one. So I do prefer to play it safe early on and she's probably a bit of a risk but some of those younger midfielders around her um Derek looked good I don't know if you've noticed her but she had plenty of CBAs uh and uh yeah the, and the Bombers they their midfield was really interesting actually I didn't know what to expect because they have Manny Prasparkas they brought over from Carlton yeah yep. and she was like she's she's going to dominate I think in the midfield um, but there were a few players that I was interested in around her. Uh, Mia Bush, who I had had originally on my starting team, she's gone out. She played the game and was a little bit quiet. So mm-hmm. there's just um, there's a few players that I'm probably a bit more interested in around, like at basement pricing. There's a few that are probably more likely to play round one. Uh, Amber Clark was a good one. She's she was a high draft pick. She's a bit more expensive. I think she's around forty five k. Um, but she had several CBAs, pushed forward, kicked a goal. Um, if she plays around one, I think she could be – she's available in defense, so I think she could be a good pickup. Nice, nice. Um, did anyone you boys are thinking about starting apart from Phillips out of those teams? I was wondering about um, Hannah Ewings. I know mm. she was a really high draft pick and has played a heap of sample. Um, did you manage to catch her at all? Yeah, she played the game. Um, <laughs> that's not a glowing endorsement. I know she played. Uh, look, she she did all right. She had a few touches. Um, but and you got to remember these these girls. Some of them have only been at the club for a few weeks, and some of them are even still finishing school. So, 
I'm not sure they're match fit yet, some of the these early draftees. Um, so I think she's probably working her way into it. Uh, I took her out of my team based on that performance just because she's a more expensive rookie and didn't quite seem to be able to go with the pace of it. But um, like, yeah, all all wraps on her are huge and her her junior numbers were massive. So she definitely has a fancy yep. game about her. Um, yep. I just... She was playing a lot forward, and I think with a lot of my rookies, I'm looking for CBAs, I think, because these expansion teams are probably going to struggle to score a little bit in some yep. games, and I think that if they're tucked away in the forward line, they might yeah. not get much of it. Yeah, good take, good take. Yeah, um, we, we won't get a feel of the expansion teams just yet um, uh, because they sort of play each other uh, early in the season before they, they play the, the bigger teams, but like... You know, if Hawthorne, Richmond, Prachy was was anything to go with, you know, that's the golf in um in a established team versus uh you know an expansion team. Mm. Uh, Ballard as well, Abby Ballard. She was she took my interest. She was uh, a, a defender for Port as well, who's basement priced. Now, she didn't get much of the ball around the ground, but she was taking all their kick-ins. So um, I, I I didn't know much about her before the game, but I expect being an expansion club that Port's probably going to have the ball down their back line a bit. Yeah. Um, and the accuracy of some of the FLW teams is a bit low, so I think that there might be a few kick-ins for her. And when you're looking for just like a sort of a thirty from your your starting rookies, um, I think she can probably get half of that just from kick-ins. So if she can just get two or three disposals around the ground a game. Yep, I think she could be a good pick. And what about the ruck set up there as well? Um, I know rookie rucks are an option this year. Um, did Port and Essendon both start? I think I've got Elizabeth McGrath. Yes, um, currently in my team. I think there was a rookie ruck for Essendon as yep. well. Steph Wales. So they went up. They went head to head. McGrath and Wales. Um, I. They actually, they both look pretty good. Uh, there's three rookie rucks at the moment that are fighting for my two spots on the field and on the bench, um, along with Fleur Davies from the Giants, who are all um, basin-priced draftees that look like taking the number one ruck at their, their club. Um, I thought that Steph Wales probably took the, the cake in that game, um, but I I do like Port's midfield better, so I think that mm. McGrath's probably going to have a bit more support. It's really, it's really going to be toss of the coin. I, I currently have Wales starting... Um, in my team. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, uh, there's also another, <laughs> there's actually two rookie rucks whose surname is Wales. So there's a, a Lucy Wales and a Stephanie Wales. One plays for Hawthorne, one plays for Essendon. So that might get a bit confusing, um, but I've got one of the Wales on my ground <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Davies on the bench. Nice. I've got McGrath and Davis McGrath on, on field. So um, yeah, we'll see. So neither of the Wales is. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, the Dogs and Giants again that was one that it clashed with Essendon Port and Suns Cats so I prioritised Essendon Port and then I caught a little bit of it kind of between quarters um, did you guys note much from that game? I watched um, some highlights I think that GWS posted up on their site and um, paused at the few CBAs that were there but um, nothing really jumped out at me I think GWS seems like they've got a pretty core um yeah, group yeah i don't know if they'll improve on last year much yeah alice parker is an interesting one she was um their number one midfielder last season and she's another one of those players kind of like tani white and that that 
I just like it's so hard to pick. Is this yep. the season where they become uber premium, or do they do what they did? And there's just so many that I don't know how you can pick one from the other. Alice Parker apparently did have a really good game, yep. um, along with Chloe Dalton. But yeah, I just I don't know how how you're going to differentiate between them. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm seeing a way. It, it's sort of the the Petrarca Oliver dilemma. You know, you don't know which one will go big on the day, and and uh, they sort mm. of share the load with each other. And if you look at last uh, 2022A. Yeah, the, the volatility in their scores was was quite interesting. You know, you, you yeah. don't know which one to jump on. So, yeah, for that reason, I I rather a club that just has one gun. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, and they yeah. don't really fit any any need that my team has. Like right, like you either want uber premium who you yes. can captain at the start yep. of the season, or yep. you want people with value. Yeah. And I just don't see them fitting any of that. There's a chance, of course, that they fit both, right? They become an uber premium and therefore their value. But I think that you can wait a week yes. and see which of all of these sort of mid-tier premiums um, jump out of the blocks yep. and maybe go from there. Um, yep. The only thing that I noticed from the game was that Goldsworthy, who is a very popular uh, forward bench option, and some people even have her on field. She was a, a, had really big junior numbers. Uh, she actually hurt her shoulder. So I think she's in doubt to play round one. I'm not sure if it's been confirmed or not, but I think I read that. Uh, I mean, people might know by the time they hear this, but I think I read that she's not going to play round one. So that's that's probably going to be a lot of people's forward bench spots that mm. need to be replaced. Utility loophole, I say. No, I'm kidding. Not not round uh, yeah, one. Yeah, you, you can't no. you can't you can't do that in round one. No, no. <laughs> With how fast the price is moving, yeah, in yeah, W no. fantasy, yeah, yeah. you're gonna miss out on so much cash if you I'm do that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, I mean, thanks. if you if you want to go for like the the weekly win for round one, you could probably do it. Yeah, like yeah. maybe have a have a donut um a donut on your ruck starting field or forward line. And put like an extra Uber premium midfielder on your bench utility spot. Yeah. And just load up on rookies in the forward line or back line and have six, you know, have like Bowers, yep. Riddell, <laughs> um, Hatchard, Marinoff, have all of them. Yeah, um, I actually started with the utility loophole last year. Yeah. I thought I'll go for it. Wow. Um, it was amazing for the first few rounds and then you run out of steam. You've missed yep. two players who generate so much cash. Yeah, of course. Makes sense. Uh, the game after that was the Suns and Cats. You caught that one, Ben? Yeah, I didn't catch it in um, live, but I watched the replay. Um, I'm so thankful to these clubs who posted the replay up on their site. Mm. Um, probably what jumped out to me the most was I was interested in Ellie Hampson and Claudia Whitford. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Suns will score very well. They got mm. smashed against Geelong. Hampson's got the def- defender status, though. Whitford's got forward status, and both of them were attending centre bounces, um, which I liked. But again, I don't know if Gold Coast will score very well this season. Yeah, no, that's a really good call. I um, I think I posted something similar on the weekend. Like I, there's a few players that I think interest me as mid prices at the Suns that look like they have the right role change, and I think in normal in a normal season, they'd be the kind of players I would jump on. But I just don't, I just honestly, the Suns were gutted in the trade period. And I just, I actually think they're going to win the spoon or not win, but they're going to get the spoon. And I just don't think there's going to be enough points at that club. Like Robottom looked um, incredible again. So Robottom Empress Barkas, for those that don't know, they were draft picks one and two yep. last season. Yep. Um, and they were like the picks of the season for everybody that had them. They averaged in the sixties, um, yep. which is amazing for Two first-year players, like yep. obviously the shorter quarters and everything, those are, those are huge numbers. And 
Um, they look like they haven't lost a step. So I think Rowbottom could be an option. I think she's a little different to most players in that she doesn't require her teammates to score. You know, she gets a lot of yep. that first disposal, you know, center bounce first disposal, and she gets a lot of tackles. She doesn't really rely on marks, and Prasparkas yep. is the same. Um, so I think Rowbottom could be an option. I just... I just don't have enough spots, right? Like I, you want the rookies. There's so many good rookies and then you want the premiums. Where do you fit in these second year players? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of my drafts had both of them and wow. I'm not, I'm I'm close to starting with both of them. Wow. Yes. But we'll, which, we'll talk teams later. Which, yeah. which one would you prefer if you could only pick one? Uh, is just cause she's, I think 11,000 uh, cheaper than, than Robotum. Yeah. But, yeah, she's yeah. Prasparka's price at sixty and Robot on sixty-eight. Yeah, so I th- I think I think they both comfortably beat that, right? Yeah. So yeah. when you're looking at if you're looking for value when you're starting team, which is what you should always be looking for, yeah. um, I, I I can't think of a reason not to start them. To be honest, like I don't have either of them, but there's no way they don't outscore sixty yeah. with how good they are in another preseason under their belts and how good they looked on the weekend, especially Prasparkas. She would be my pick as well. She mm. was tackling everybody. She had a lot of clearances. She was she was their best player and she's played ten ga- nine games, I think. <laughs> and she was by far their best player. So um yeah, no, I really like that. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I haven't had either of them in my team at any point. I think wow. Yeah, I think there's just something about mid-priced um, midfielders. I'd rather just have a, a yeah. top-pick rookie or a premium. Um, last year, I started two mid-priced midfielders who just didn't really go anywhere. Yeah, so, I did the same. I yeah. started with Ghana last season, actually, um, and she was kind of a like priced at around 90 as a midfielder, and she actually opened last season, as I said, averaging like 50, playing exclusively forward, and I traded her out at like round three. And uh, she went on to average about 100 over the last five rounds. So that was awesome. <laughs> you don't sound bitter at all. No. Oh, she's got nothing on Bahana. But <laughs> actually, I guess we should touch on on her. She, um, she's she been named the Suns' new captain, Tara Bahana, which is actually Amazing. incredible. She's played yeah. 10 games. She yeah. wasn't even at the club. She wasn't on any at any club this time last year. Um, she was drafted as a mature age recruit and played 10 games for them. And like I said, they, the club did get gutted. They had, I think, four players traded to Port. They had uh, Perko as well traded. They had six or seven of their starting lineup traded. So um, Bahana's taken that. And she actually did look good out there. And I think that if she played for almost any other club, she'd be an option. Um, she's like an amazing pack mark. She tackles. She does everything you want from a forward. But like I said, with the Suns, there's just not going to be enough supply, right? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right with that call. Definitely right. Uh, and the one after that was the Swans and the Pies. Ben, you would have watched that, right? You're a Swannies man. Yes, loved it. Um, first half, first half Swans were up by a point or two, but then got um, smashed in the second half, um, which could be a sign of things to come because Swans been an expansion team. Um, I watched those centre bounces really closely, and most of my team is now. Sydney and Collingwood players, to be <laughs> honest. Um, Montana Ham attended a heap of centre bounces and looked yep. awesome. Pick one. I think she's actually worth um, that extra cash in there. Yep. Um, but I also really liked Amy Whelan, um, Lauren, I don't know how to pronounce this name, Lauren Sagetti, um, and Brady Kennedy. 
Um, yeah. So the first two have got forward status and Bridie's got defender status and the tender the heap of center bounces um, and the basement price. I don't know how well they'll score at the Swans, but yeah. I think being around the ball will at least be helpful. My, my concern there is that like they're all rookies, all, all uh, new draftees were starting around the ball. Like who surely there needs some experience in there, right? Like if it's three 18 year olds, like they're just they're just gonna get beaten up and none of them are gonna get a touch. Like Mon- Montana Ham did look really good. Um she also pushed forward a lot, which I thought was interesting from from the center. Um Ruby Slicer as well, the the talk of her moving into the midfield looked real. She played probably to my eye, probably about fifty percent mid, fifty percent back. Um, but I actually it looked like she was lining up on Montana Ham. So Again, it's hard to tell without stats, but I thought that it looked like she had a bit of a run with role with Montana Ham, um, which could be interesting because every time I saw her going back, it was when when Montana Ham had gone forward and they were always together. Right. So <clears throat> I'm wondering if Slasher could have a bit of a, a tagging role going forward. It's so hard with, with Collingwood because Davey's out for the season, Benici's out for the season. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a huge load on Lambert's shoulders. Lambert, yep, and and right. you look at what she did at the end of last season, I think she could be one of those ones that jumps out of the blocks. Yep. She, I think her last three average last season was like 110 or something. It was massive. It was huge. Yep. It was not long after Benici went down. Yep. Um, Malloy was also in the middle. Yep. So I, I'm not touching Malloy. I didn't like last season when she went um, into the middle. She still didn't score very well. Yep. So And with all this talk of Slicer and a couple of the rookies going through the middle as well, um, I just think that her scoring is going to be too up in the air. What did you think, Ben, of um, Sophia Hurley uh, alongside Montana Ham? So she was their second pick, Sydney, and she was in there as well a bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I don't think she attended any center bounces in the first two quarters, which was my feeling of how they might run in an actual yeah. game. Um, I think Sophia Hurley's worth quite a bit more as well. 42 um, or so, about 8K less than Ham, yeah. Yeah, quite a bit. So I don't yep. think quite worth it. Um, and so, uh, Cynthia Hamilton is another one. Yes. will be really popular. Um, she did get a goal, looked really good up forward, but I don't know how much of the ball, ball she's actually going to get up there. And um, I prefer attending centre bounces. To be right. I quite liked her. She tackled a lot too. So mm. um, I don't know. Like I know she, she played forward, but she seemed to push up the ground a bit. So I actually quite liked Hamilton. She's in my team at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Hurley. I took her out after that game. Actually, I didn't like how I didn't like her role. I thought she was going to be uh, a CBA player. So I, when I originally picked my team, I had Ham and Hurley both in there. Um, yep. But yeah, Hurley's gone out for me at the moment. Yeah. Another one I found interesting in Collingwood was um, Ashlyn Sheridan. So she's got forward status, but attended a heap of center bounces. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she'll get quite as much ball as Slicer and Malloy potentially, but yeah. um, attended a heap. So I, I think with these injuries at Collingwood, it seems yep. like they're um, moving some other players in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're yeah, trying that, to find that that ex- that that rotation mid, you know, to to to, to join yeah. Them. And that's my concern, right? Like we're throwing up so many names as to yep. who could fill that void, and if you pick the wrong one, you're screwed. Yeah. You know, so if you if you go with Malloy. And Molly's actually really good forward. I think she's far better forward than she is midfielder. So if you go with Molloy and then she's she plays forward and averages thirty or forty, then yeah. you, you're behind the eight ball from the start. Yep. Same with Slicer. I did touch on this a bit last week, but I think that she will score better as a defender than a forward. She's um she did look better than I expected in the midfield. 
Um, she got a bit more hardball than I thought she might have. But when she plays back, she gets so many in- intercept marks. She gets a lot of sort of chip around the back marks, you know, Doherty style. And I just yeah. think that um, like I think she's one of the most popular pick players at the moment. I She is in my team, but I'm not as hot on her as some. I just don't really like many of the other premium defenders, to be honest. So she's yeah. in there. Um, yeah. But I'm really not confident at all. I'm hoping that she she goes back because she was like you think about last season. She started off slow. I think she was averaging about forty, a bit like Ghana, yes. averaging about forty early on. A lot of people traded her out, um, and she ha- like she had a last four average or so of about one hundred. Um, and you just don't know which slice you're going to get. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought it was funny. I think last podcast you said about Sam Doherty. Um, I know. He, he just went to the attended, midfield. Yeah, and he attended like 80% center bounce. And dominated he too. He attended yeah. some as well. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, funny. Yeah, I, yeah. I watched that. It blew up my face a little bit because I said, you know, would you want Doherty in the midfield? <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think he had a 129. But, yeah. but I do think that the team that they they played, that uh, if he played back, I think he would have scored even more. Even so more. I think he would have. I was expecting yeah. like a 140 in the back line. They threw him in the middle. <clears throat> and he did do really well. Like I said, as I think Slasher would, but I just think that um, she's going to get more points in the back line. Um, but look, she's priced at like 70, right? So there's there's not a lot of risk. She could come out like last season with a 40 or a 50, and then that hurts. Um, but with such high ownership, that's probably still mitigates the risk, right? Like if yeah. she comes out and struggles and everyone else has her, then you're not behind at all. Whereas if you don't start her and she dominates, yeah. that hurts. Yeah. It's the yeah. it's the Chris um, dilemma, you know, uh, in in the men's game, you know, whether you you play it safe and start with him, and he was okay until later part in the season. Um, I, I, she's in my team at this point in time. She was in my team whole of last year, and I I wrote the the early bumps, and then she came good. Um, yeah, a tricky one, very tricky one, because if you if you if you don't start her, that cash can go elsewhere. Well, but the the defense stocks are so limited. I feel so. Yeah. I've found defense really tricky as well. Yeah, and she's in my yeah. team, 120,000. It's so much. I'd rather someone cheaper. Mm, my yes. thinking too is that round one, if, if someone is, someone will pop in defense. So we can always trade down to someone else back yeah. there. But yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. When, when the, when the platform opened, the defense was definitely the hardest part for me. Yep. But um, after watching the weekend's games, it's actually my most settled line now. So there's oh. a few rookies that I are absolutely locked in my team. Slice is probably the, the least safe out of the five. Um, and I'm considering downgrading her to another rookie and then yeah. maybe upgrading. Um, like I said, my M5 is a basement price rookie, maybe upgrading her to a Bates type. So interesting. Um, yeah, like I said, it's just such a risk. <laughs> like it's such a risk. If everyone starts with Slasher and I don't, or most people start with Slasher and I don't, then it's just like, yeah, if she, if she pops, you're just yep. so far behind everyone else in just a 10 week season. That's yes. so much to catch up on. Whereas if I start with her and she fails, um, there's no there's no downside to that. So yeah, I play by the ruined weekend philosophy. Like, what would I be more upset about? <laughs> yeah, um, I think I'd be more angry if I didn't start her and she did well. So yeah, for me, only because I'm so cold on her, I think I'd be the opposite. If I start, if I like, I've been talking about how I don't think she's. Um, as good of an option as most people think. If I then start her, go against my gut, and she comes out with a 30, I'm going to be absolutely kicking myself that I didn't get that lead on everyone else. Whereas if I conversely um, don't start with her and she goes big, I'll go, okay, well, I just, you know, I am I was wrong. Yeah. 
Um, interesting. So interesting. the Blues and, and Ds was interesting. Did you pick up much from that? No, uh, the Blues midfield that... looks quite settled without... Um, um, Prasparkis. Uh, Prasparkis, thank you. Yep. Uh, yes, and, and that's one to, to watch as well. I think, um, uh, you know... Yeah, I, I, I thought it was interesting. So Mimi Hill was one that yeah. I picked up on that I thought was quite good. She yeah. uh, won the Rising Star last season after coming back from – she was off for about a year. I can't remember what the injury was, but she she played a half season the previous season, missed the whole season, came back halfway through last season and, um, and just dominated. She averaged like maybe 80 or something after starting quite cheap, maybe even more. Maybe she, I think she actually had a couple of tons in there. Won the Rising Star Award with just six, five or six games under her belt. Um, and she played the entire game in the middle on the weekend. Yep. So she's more expensive than I would have hoped, I would have liked. She didn't get a discount because I think you only get a discount if you play less than five of last yeah, season. Yeah. And she played five or six. So she's at like 110K from memory. One, 119. That's 119. A lot, yeah. That's a lot. That's like a you lot, think yeah. Slash yeah. is 128 or something. Um, but the potential is there. Like, Oh, yeah, she she has the potential to be a premium, but the fact that she's priced so close to the other premiums worries me a little bit. Um, also, Shirah, she was a good rookie last season who put out some good numbers. She played in the middle a little bit on the weekend. So if you're looking for a mid-priced option, she's still listed as a forward. So yep. I think she could be a good option. Yep. Uh, and Milford as well. I wasn't really familiar with, with Milford before the game, but she had a few CBAs, played a little bit forward, um, and she just tackled everybody. So she's a basement priced forward. Um, and to my eye, she had about 12 tackles. So I, I don't think she touched the ball much. She might have only had a couple of disposals. Um, but every time I, it was one of those plays where I had to keep checking the jumper number because I didn't even know who she was. Um, she's quite a late draft pick, but yeah, she just tackled everybody. Like, and even it was one of those. Those tackles that we we spoke to Mim Strom about, where even when her teammate had a tackle, she would just jump on top and hold on in the hopes of getting an extra plus four. I loved it, so I'm considering starting with her on the bench over um, Kaufman, who we will get to next game. Yeah, nice, good, good um, take, good take. Yeah, Melbourne were interesting. Um, I, I think they're they're a little bit kind of vanilla Melbourne, like. They're such a, a good team. Um, so they haven't really hadn't really had many changes to the, the Uber lines. Uh, Tyler Hanks was still their main midfielder, and she's still listed as a forward, which is interesting. Hmm. Uh, do you think that maybe Hanks could be a starter over someone like Phillips? Yeah, I've had Hanks in my team. She's not currently there, but I started with her last year, and she was awesome. So I figure even if she's not value. I thought she'd probably be safe. F1 at the end of the year. Yeah, nice um, safe pictures to put yeah. there. Yeah, and she was tackling a lot as well, which I liked on uh, on Saturday. Um, um, Hanks is in my team, and and yes, at one hundred twenty nine thousand, it's it's a lot, but I I feel much safer with Hanks than than Phillips at right. this point in time. Um, she's delivered for for the whole of last. It, it really puts Mimi Hill into perspective, actually, that Hanks is 128 and Mimi Hill is 119. Yeah. Um, that's It's a lot more. Because I was like, Mimi Hill, I've been seriously considering. But um, that's just a lot of money for someone, you know, on, on the promise of a big season. Yep. Whereas, like you said, Hanks has done it before. Yes. Uh, oh. Kate Hall was another Gemma Houghton. So she had a massive game. I think she kicked like six goals. Um, yeah, she had... And again, I'm, this is only off IX, I don't release the stats, but I, I counted 13 marks 
Um, I reckon she probably had a 130 or something fantasy wise. She had a like an absolute monster of a game. But again, it's so hard to pick those dedicated forwards. Yep. Um, Melbourne is a little different to Port in that Hall you would expect to continue to get that supply. Yep. Obviously, Melbourne have a very settled team. They they will push for the flag again. Yes. Um, so I do think that Hall could be a really good pod. No, I, I can't see many people starting with Kate Hall. Yep. So I think if you want, Wow. Um, like with how how similar a lot of teams are shaping up, with like uh, a lot of the rookies, a lot of people have jumped on very similar rookies, and then you've got players like Bowers, uh, Slicer, Garner, right? A lot of people do have quite similar teams at the moment. I think Kate Hall could be a really good pod. Yes, yes, interesting. High risk, high return. I think you can only roll the dice on maximum two risky plays. Yeah, for, for players over a hundred thousand um, dollars. She could be one of those those two risky plays, and you got enough traits the next week to correct that. You know, if mm. if that that was the wrong call, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a good point, right? You get three week three trades each week uh, as yeah. opposed to two, and with only five bench spots, yeah. Um, the the start of the season is very different to AFL fantasy, where your three trades are usually just like corrective on field trades. Um, so I think you really can start with players like Hoare, and if they don't pop, you trade them down to. A rookie that scored well. Yep. Um, yep. So I don't mind starting mid prices. I know most people are guns and rookies, um, but I think that with three trades, that's what? That's 20% of your entire team. You have 15 players on your field. Those three trades, you're trading 20, a fifth of your entire team each week. Yep. Um, I think that you can start with a couple of risky players. And if, if they don't work, then you can just sideways all three of them after round one. Good, good take. Very good take. Yeah, you know, and and that's one tenth of the season just there. You know, so, mm. uh, yeah, high risk, high risk, high return. Yeah, uh, Frio West Coast. I I watched about a quarter of it. Um, I don't know if you boys caught it. I decided to put on um a different game because again there was just so many clashes. Um, I wanted to watch some of the other ones, but um, it was interesting to me that Bowers missed again. So she's been in health and safety protocols for a few weeks. Um, yeah. I believe it's with COVID, not just, I mean, it must be if it's been this long, um, but it's not a close contact. So she's actually had COVID and to my understanding still has COVID. So <clears throat> she is expected to be fine for round one. But, you know, when the, when the platform opened, I think most people just assumed that she would be everybody's M1. Yep. Um, she averaged 115 last season, which is just... You know, head and shoulders above. Like you think about players like Riddell, who was scoring like 140s in the season, still on the average 103. Yeah. So um, Bowers had a couple of 150s in there. Yeah. Um, and with captains on, and like you said, such a short season of 10 weeks, yeah. if you don't start with Bowers and she goes and she scores people 300 in round one, <laughs> the season's over. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and, um, yeah, and like, how are you ever going to afford her unless you're sideways in one of your other yeah, premiums? Yeah. How do you ever get to Bowers? Yeah, right. Um, so it's a really interesting take because no preseason games, and um, like I know Ben, you recently recovered from from COVID yourself. The fatigue, right, of having COVID. Um, how is she going to come out round one? Yeah, I, I've sort of got a rule about um, interrupted preseasons. I think especially when you're spending 
that 200k yeah 200k I she was in my team straight away but then as soon as I saw that I've traded her out and yeah as you said I tested positive finally for COVID a couple of weeks ago and um I hope it's okay I mentioned is, that on the pod <laughs> oh yeah that's all good um yeah still that fatigue is real and obviously Bowers is a professional athlete and will be recovering but um yeah look if, if, if she's even a little bit under and we can afford to jump on a bit later. Well, yeah, that's the yeah. flip side, right? If she comes out and even just drops like a, you know, a human 80, then she with a huge <laughs> price price changes week to week, she's yep. probably going to drop like 20k week 1. Yep. And then you can get on it, right? So yes. Yes. it's crazy to me that um people starting with Bowers in their team are actually probably going to have a pod. I really I think everyone I've spoken to has jumped off. Yeah. Because of the the covid thing. Um, and you, like, you got to remember last season, she went like her first three rounds were like 120, 90, 154. So it's, I don't know. I'm, it's, it's a big call for me. I'm really nervous. She's not in my team currently. Um, yep. and it has meant that I can afford an extra premium on my ground. Yep. Um, yep. so I'd like to think that the, the points can be made up with that, but having, not having that set forget captain, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It's it's keeping me awake at night, boys. Yeah, and I think that I'm taking her on, so I'm I'm not starting with her, and I'm happy to take her on and and hoping she drops in in, in price and then pick her up for for slightly cheaper. Uh, you know, come round three, round four, round five. But you're so right. The timing of 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 um, Bowers could make or break the season. So, you know, starting with her or jumping on her at the right point in time mm. uh, can can totally make your season. So. Uh, inter- very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, Ebony Antonio was also injured. Unfortunately, she did a pretty serious hammy, so she's out for a while. Um, so not not a lot of fantasy relevance there, but she was touted to have a few CBAs. So yeah. um, that might help players like Haley Miller, which is yeah. an interesting one, Haley Miller. So she also hasn't played the preseason games, but um, I believe it's just management. So she's fine. She just had a really big preseason. Um, is what I've read, and so it's it's crazy that she doesn't even want to play any practice matches. But uh, she she's an absolute gun, right? Do we think she's another one like t- kind of Tani White and all that that is not quite that uber premium, um, but could make the step up this year? Do you boys yeah. think you might start with any any of those other Frio premiums? I was considering it, to be honest. Hayley Miller had me interested. I think she had a really strong end to the season mm-hmm. and being captain, I thought she would continue in that upward trajectory. But, yeah, again, it's so hard. I'd rather um, go with a safer premium and if she's not playing preseason games, then, yeah, it was an automatic no for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Philippa Seth was another one that was interesting. So she has been touted to to take a midfield spot. Um, it depends on, on your sources. So she... She did play a little bit midfield on the weekends, um, but when we spoke to Mim Strom, the Fremantle Ruck, the other week, she said to us that she thought that Gabby O'Sullivan was going to keep her midfield rotation. So she obviously went into the guts last season um, and like performed really, really well, Gabby. So Mim said that she's expecting Gabby to stay a full-time mid, whereas if you look at a lot of the stuff online, the expectation is that Gabby will go back to a forward um, and Philippa Seth, who was an upcoming midfielder before she got injured last season, um, is going to resume that role as the third mid. And she's currently like a 40K defender. 
So I think that's going to be interesting because if she doesn't get midfield time, um, then I'm not interested. But if she does, then I think she's a lock. Yeah, I currently got her at the moment. Mm. Um, I think I had her in my team last season, actually, before that injury because oh. I'd read about um, that midfield time. Um, and now so she yeah, gets I've a, currently got her. And now she gets yeah. that 30% discount. Yeah. Um, but, again, like if she if she's thrown into a full pocket, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could do it. Like with, like I said, for me, there's so many good defender rookies that um, I, yeah, I just, I don't know if I could, could do it. Another one that actually that I didn't mention from from Port that I'm considering putting in instead of Seth was um, Sarah Goodwin. So she, I didn't see her on the weekend, uh, but she was an early Port pick, and I actually I had a bit of a bit of an an insider trading moment. <laughs> I had the captain of a certain Sample W team DM me last week, and uh, to let me know that Goodwin and Ewings had to be locks for my team. So oh, she said nice. that she um, played with, like she was their captain uh, last season before they got drafted. And um, that Sarah Goodwin for Port is a really good rebounding defender and just racks up the points. And that if she's named round one, she should be a lock. So I'm thinking about bringing Goodwin in over Seth if she's named. Great call. Yeah, I've had Goodwin in and out of my team, actually. I think she had really good... Um... Yeah, numbers in the reserves. Think mm. the sample she was averaging in the eighties or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goodwin yes. is in my team, so yeah, she is. And yeah, wow. I, as long as she's named, that's where she'll be staying. Yeah, it's um, and like it's such a cheap price as well compared yeah. to some of like players like Ham and stuff who had similar averages who were much more expensive. Yeah. Uh, so the last game was the Tigers and the Hawks. Who were you guys looking out for in that game? Who you guys like? Do you guys have any players you're planning on starting from those teams? As a Hawthorne supporter, and my biases uh, will show, I'm I'm really looking forward to the season, having a women's team finally, and it's really cool that Lucas Rod is our captain, and for that sentimental reason, I, I was really looking at starting her and even captaining her come round one. Wow. Um, yeah, the fixtures look okay for, for Hawthorne to get up and running, and and uh, as St Kilda showed last season. You know, she doesn't need too much of the ball. She she can tackle and she can make a presence felt. So, but um, she's not currently in my squad. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah, she yeah she may float in and out, but she was one I was looking at. Ben, uh, who were you looking at? Yes, I was out. Um, but I had a friend at the game who sent me a short video of a centre bounce. So, based off that information, I've currently um. I was interested in Jasmine Fleming going into the game and she attended that single centre bounce I've seen and Ellie McKenzie as well, um, who was, was she, I think she was a former pick one. She's yes, got correct. Forward, yeah, got forward status and yep. um, in her third year now looks like she'll be going into the midfield. So Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good call. That. Ellie's actually in my team at the moment. So I've got two two mid-prices in my team and uh, Ellie McKenzie's one of them. So she was the number one draft pick before Charlie Rowbottom. Um, and she's had a bit of time away, and now she's expected to um, be Monconti's number two. So uh, watching on the weekend, she played, had most center bounces. She's quite expensive now. I think she's in the 60s, um, which is a big risk for, like you said before, Ben, even though it's the forward line, you know, there's a lot of good rookies, and then you've got those premiums like Garner and Phillips. So starting with someone who's in the 60K zone, just because of their role in the hopes that they kind of get a bump in points is a bit risky. 
Um, but she looked good out there. She looked at home. So I think Ellie is a good pick. Uh, Fleming was in my team before the weekend started. Uh, she was she was number two pick, I believe, right? Jasmine Fleming. Yep. So uh, she did actually have a lot of CBAs. I think she might have been number five. Um, every CBA I saw, she was in there. <clears throat> so the role's good. I uh, don't think she got a lot of the ball, but obviously a lot of these girls are um, very new to the clubs, so they've got to kind of find their feet. So I don't think that... I think if you were going to start Fleming, you're probably not turned off by what you saw getting all those CBAs. Um, but she could be a bit of a slow burn. So I'm not sure if she's worth that extra 20K or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, j- just looking at the physique of like Rob Bottom and Chris Barkis last season and how they could hit the ground running. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I yeah, Fleming's um, a smaller girl. Smaller, yeah, yeah. And, you know, she may take a few rounds to... to, to, to and, and she's part of an expansion team too, you know, which makes it even more complicated. They don't have that cohesion as yet. So for that reason, she's not in my team. Yeah, but Hawthorne don't have an accumulator, right? So, um, Luke, Tilly Lucas Rod came over from St Kilda, yeah. and she's more of a tackler, more of yes. a contested beast. They don't really have that outside accumulator, yeah. And that is what Jasmine Fleming was in her juniors. Yeah. So, if they can get that cohesion going, yeah. she could be honestly, she could be the pick of the draft draftee. She could be better than Montana Ham. Yeah, she has that fantasy game about her. Yeah. But for me, I'm willing to wait a week. I know that that's risky in in W fantasy because of the drastic price changes. But I'm willing to wait and see how she fits in at senior level. Yeah. And if she comes out of the blocks firing, I'm probably going to trade her in after round one and just yeah. trade her in at like 60k, um, and maybe downgrade one of these mid prices. Yeah. Um, but I just yeah because she's slight. I just think that she might need a season to yeah. to find her feet. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Uh, Wales as well for Hawthorne. So that's the other Ruckman. This is, I think it's actually this Wales that I have starting Ruck R1. Um, <laughs> Lucy Wales. Yeah. yeah, Lucy Wales. Yeah, I think Stephanie Wales is the Bombers one. Uh, Lucy Wales was, there's so many good uh, rookie rucks this season. It's incredible um, that like look like they're going to take the number one mantle. So Yeah, so why do you prefer Lucy over... Stephanie Wales. Just the eye test. Yeah. So I watched both games um, and Lucy just looked um, to be a little bit more involved around the ground. Um, again, that might not be accurate. Like I said, like it's so hard when there's no commentary in half the games. There's no stats out there. Um, sometimes you don't even know which player is which. But um, Lucy was pretty, I think she might have been number 17. She was pretty clear standout just that she was so much taller than all the other players. So um, I watched her closely and she just looked good to me. Um, whereas Stephanie Wales looked like she was probably a bit of a better tap ruckman, but I didn't really see her get involved around the ground. So for that reason, it's the same with Fleur Davies. Um, I didn't see her get involved much around the ground, which is why I'm starting with Lucy Wales um, as my ruck. But I am still considering, like I said, trading Slicer down and then using that cash maybe even to get um, a set and forget ruckman because... These rucks, you would assume, if you think about how long it takes them to to sort of be AFL ready, um, you wouldn't think they're going to play out the season. And if they get rested after two or three rounds and you've got 35K sitting on your ruck bench, what do you do with it? Interesting. Interesting. So that yeah. worries me a bit. Yeah. Um, there was also Sheeran for Richmond. 
she was quite good. So she had some CBAs as well alongside McKenzie. Yep. Uh, she's available, I think, as a defender for yes. Richmond, a basement price. Basement defender. price. Yep. That's um, correct. So I think she could be a good bench option. I don't know if you can start her or not. Um, yeah, I'm just not sure if she, I don't think she really had the junior numbers. So I'm not sure how much ball she's going to get. But it looks like she has a good role. It looks like, it sounds like they're expecting her to play round one. Yeah. Um, Eardley as well, Eardley, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but Hawthorne, uh, Hawthorne's second second or third pick was uh, Eardley, and she's a key defender. So going into the game, she wasn't in my team um, just because, you know, a key defender, rookie is not normally fantasy pedigree, um, but she looked really good out there. So she took several intercept marks and led a couple of tackles. So I was happy with that. And with that kind of lack of depth in the back line, um, I really, yeah, no, I liked what I saw. So early starting for me at this stage. Wow. Mm. Good, 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 good. Uh, good Baskerin. Did anyone hear much about what Baskerin did? So I actually couldn't see her at all, all game. I was on the lookout (laughs) for her, couldn't find her. Apparently she played. Um, I was considering, you know, I heard a lot about her. I was considering starting her as well. But yep. um, did anyone hear much about how she went? Her, her junior numbers are terrific. His yeah. price was, I think, 40000 So it's not a basement price uh, rookie. Um, based on her junior stats alone, she 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 fits in your squad. But yeah. So she, I, if she gets named round one, do we start her? Oh, I don't think just so. Just from the expansion yeah. element, it's a no from me. But one to watch to bring in. Uh, yeah, that that's yeah. my take. Yeah, yeah. Did I was you... really struggling to split Fleming and Baskerin. I I preferred Baskerin just because she was cheaper um, and had great junior numbers. But it seems like Hawthorne has preferred Fleming. I think will be getting those center bounces over Baskerin. I think it sounds that way. Yeah, like I said like I I couldn't spot her, so I was looking at the center bounces quite closely, and I saw Fleming and Lucas Rod at every center bounce, and I just did not see Baskerin at all. So I'm not sure where they had her hiding. Um, maybe she just had loads on ground. I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah. Who else the, was attending those Hawthorne center bounces? Um, the third center? spot was just a rotation. So yeah, just a bunch of uh, Ashmore from North Melbourne. She got a few. She was traded in from North. She actually looked really good, Ashmore. Um, but just uh, another mid-pricer that I just I've got enough mid-prices and I don't want to especially for an expansion <laughs> team I just can't have too many yep. it is interesting I've seen a lot of talk where people want to start with um, a lot of expansion team rookies because there's so many of them and then have the established premiums from the established teams but for me the expansion club rookies are probably going to be the worst rookies because they've got no they don't much support around them they've got no cohesion um, yeah, even the, the experienced players, you know, it's all new. Whereas, and if they get a game, you think about what happened with the Gold Coast men's team when they started for their first yeah. game in fantasy, where I think they had 12 debutants round one and six of them got dropped after round one. And yeah. Yeah. so, my concern with the expansion club rookies is you have no idea which ones are going to hold their spot. Yeah. Whereas, if you have a, a rookie named for, say, Fremantle, right, yeah. round one, that means yeah. they're doing something right and they're getting a game. Yes, good point. So, I. Yeah, I've kind of gone reverse on a lot of people. I'm grabbing premiums from some of the expansion teams like Lucas Rod and um, and Phillips, and getting some of the the base the rookie players from the from the established teams like Seth from Fremantle, for example. Yep, yep, 
good take, good take. And I think there's lots of experimenting going on in the expansion teams as well. You know, they, they'll try new things, players in different positions. Um, you know, you may play mid for two two matches and then try out back, try out forward. Yeah, especially for yeah. the younger younger players. All right, well, that's all the Pracky games. Yep. I reckon it's time we uh, have a look at who we've actually picked. And we've gone through a lot of our players as we've gone through the teams, but I reckon we can maybe start with the defense and we can each go through who we've got and move through like that. So, Bainey, maybe you want to start us off and let us know who your five defenders are in your bench spot as well? Yes. Uh, I found defenders the hardest to to, to pick and I've gone very vanilla with it. Just right. two premiums here. So, Slicer and, and, and Grider and yep. then sort of three rookies. So, Goodwin and then a couple more basement rookies depending on who gets named. Who Who is it currently? Richardson and Sharon. Right. Yep. So, is that, is that Richmond Sheeran? Yes. Yes, yep. Sheeran. And yep. your bench? Uh, sitting on my bench currently is Eastman. Uh, and I assume like your bench players are probably going to be placeholders, but yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, we'll we'll see who gets named. Yeah, any boy. So I've currently exactly the same as Bainey. I found defense the hardest. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've currently got uh, Slasher at uh, D one. Then I've gone Ellie Hampson, okay. uh, Philippa Seth. Sarah Goodwin and Brady Kennedy from Sydney. Mm, this is what nice. I mean, having way too many swans. Yeah, no, but that, I think Brady Kennedy is actually a, a good pick, and she's not on many people's radars. So, I like yeah, that. if you're a rookie attending center bounces, you're straight in my team, basically. Yep. Um, then on the bench, I've got Yasmin Dersma from Port. This is the yeah, placeholder. Okay. placeholder. Yeah, yeah, mine's uh, pretty similar as well. So Slicer and Grider are one and two. Um, I'm not sold on either of them. They're really just there because they're the best of the uh, the primos in the back line. I am considering moving Slicer down to Emma Kearney, the uh, the North Melbourne midfielder. Um, she's looking like being a full-time Ooh. mid again. So nice. uh, she's actually slightly cheaper, I think, than Slicer. So I'm thinking about wow. doing that. Um, and then the, I've got three rookies as well. So Amber Clark from Essendon, who had a few CBAs. Um, early from Hawks, the key defender, which makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable having a key position rookie, but uh, and Philippa Seth, and then the bench is currently Sheeran. Nice. Uh, and then I think we save the midfield to last because that's the most <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Uh, Ruckman, yeah, for me, it's just uh, Lucy Wales on the field and Floyd Davies on the bench. Um, McGrath Davis for me. Yeah, so I've got um, Davies and Lucy Wales, but I've also used my utility for Elizabeth McGrath. Wow. Um, I'm not sh- I'm playing what, trying to work out who will be my utility, but I'm feeling like this rookie ruck is a bit of a roulette at the moment. So I yeah, think if I go for three, I can just move them around. Yeah, I haven't updated my utility, so it's still uh, Zali Goldsworthy who did a shoulder, so I need to update that. Um, and, yeah, I'm not sure who that will be yet. <clears throat> uh, ben Fords. So I've got Hanks um, as my F1, uh, Chloe Malloy F2, Ellie McKenzie. And then yet again, I've got two Swannies. I've got Amy Whelan and Lauren Zagetti, um, attended center bounces. But no Hamilton because she wasn't in the CBAs. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and just a bit more expensive. And then I've got uh, Kaufman on the bench for Freya. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, so my F1 is Phillips, who I'm still a little bit iffy on. Um, I've got I've gone with two mid prices in Keely Shira and Ellie McKenzie. 
um, which again uh, makes me nervous. Um, and then Hamilton and Al Roberts, which I think are going to be pretty popular forward rookies. And uh, Kaufman was also on the bench for me. Yeah. Oh, tell me um, before you go, Bainey. Sorry, um, tell me about Ella Roberts. I think she was really popular at West Coast. But, yeah. Um... So the, I'm not sure if you're familiar with how the um the FLW draft went, but basically <laughs> the the players can nominate a state um that they wanted to be drafted into, and clubs could only pick draft players who were nominated for their state. And what that meant was that even though West Coast um, like had to wait for all the expansion clubs to do all of their drafting. Because there were no expansion clubs in the w- in WA, when West Coast got their first pick, which was like pick 14, um, they were able to pick Ella Roberts, who was widely considered to be either best or second best in the draft outside Montana Ham. So they were kind of the two that were the best two players in the draft, but nobody could pick them but pick her. But... Um, West Coast or Frio. So West Coast got Ella Roberts with pick 14, uh, which and is why she's... How did she go in the practice match? Was she... Um, uh, honestly, I was a little underwhelmed. Um, but again, it's it's one of those things where she's been at the club like five weeks. So a little bit like Fleming and a few of the others. Um, I mostly looked for role. I say that I took Fleming out of my team. I didn't take Roberts out of my team, but I think that's just because she has forward status. So, and like I said, because she went pick 14, she's only 34K instead of the 50K that Montana Ham is. So I just think the forward status, the discounted price on what she probably should have. um, And the fact that she had a decent role, she's, I'm happy with her at F5 for now. Um, Yeah. She's not, set in stone if someone else comes up like there is a potential because there's a few other forwards i'm interested in there's a potential to put someone like kaufman on the field and get a different you know for that extra 10k um but i just think kaufman who's a forward pocket um is going to struggle to score even at Fremantle, where they get a lot of supply yeah i just i'd prefer someone to be in the middle nice so my forwards are hanks uh keely sharar and then three uh, non-basement rookies, so Ewings, Hamilton, and Ella Roberts. Wow, and so only one of us had Ewings. It's interesting. Yes, uh, much can change. Yeah, well, she's like the second most popular picked player, I think, currently. It's like Selby put something out yeah. a few days ago with the top five most picked players, and Ewings was second or third on that list. So yeah. um, it's interesting. She's another one that, like, I, I just talked all about Ella Roberts and how it was just roll. Um, I took Ewings out of my team who also had a few CBAs and but looked a bit off the pace and so I took her out over Roberts. Um, I don't really know why I kept Roberts over Ewings, to be honest. I think it was just a gut call. So yeah. Uh yeah. and Bainey, you want to throw take us through your midfield? Yes. So um it's I I tried to spread the load. Uh and have every midfield above a hundred thousand, but uh, I, I I tried that, but you no, got no I, rookie I, midfielders. No, no, I I that's changed. I need oh. a captain, <laughs> so I had to pay up, and I'm going with Ash Fidel as, yep. as 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 my M1. Um, Mimi Hill, um, uh, Patricios, Prasparkis, and Montana Ham. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Ben? So we've only got one the same there. Wow. Yeah. I like that. Oh, two. Sorry. Okay. Much can change, much can change, but yeah, that's how it's currently looking. Yeah. Ben, what are you got? Yeah, so I've currently got Marinoff and Hatchard as my M1 wow. and M2. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, I just, 
it's funny, I can't actually split them. So I've decided to just pick both. Yeah. I had both of them at the end of last year and it was amazing. So yeah. I figure I'll just run with it this time. Um, then I've got Patrikios and Montana Ham. Currently at M5, I've got Jasmine Fleming. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of 50-50 on her. I might start her and then she can go down to basically any other rookie. Yeah. Yeah, that M1 spot for me has been a bit hard to fill. Um, for me, Hatchard, I would... I'd be splitting Hatchard and Marinoff by the fact that they averaged the same last season, but Hatchard had that thir- injured 30 last season. So I think that maybe she's a little bit underpriced, whereas Marinoff, um, like her average is what she actually averaged with a full season. So that's probably how I'd split them. I just um, know if I pick one, the other yeah, one of course. would be better. So yeah. I was like, I'll that's actually why both. I'm avoiding both. <laughs> so I, up until five minutes before I came on, the pod I had uh Rizal at M1 and that is now Bates. So I've got oh. Emily Bates at M1. Um I read an article about her this morning, yeah, <laughs> which convinced me. So it, it was a uh, like an article, like an interview with her where she said that she spent the whole off season like she the fact that the AFW plays had that huge pay increase, what that meant was that and and uh, Emily Bates, I think, is the highest-paid player at Brisbane. What that meant was that instead of having to focus on a second job in the off-season, she spent the entire off-season preparing for wow. um, 22B. Wow. And like she said that she's completely changed all of her training habits. So she now, every single meal she eats is prepared <laughs> with the next training session in mind, right? Wow. So wow. she will every single meal is planned according to when she next works out. Um, she smashed her PB by about 30 seconds in the 2K, which is huge. She's benching 20 kilos above her PB. Uh, like just every, and she won the league BNF last year, right? Last season, sorry. So uh, she said the reason she's training for strength is because she's expecting a few tags to come her way. And yeah. she's rather than waiting to get tagged and trying to figure out how to um, defend against it. She's actually just training with a tag at Brisbane training. Wow. And she's learning how to break a tag. She said that no one in the comp can run with her and yeah. nobody will be able to tackle her because she's going to be too strong. Um, and so <laughs> based on that interview, she's near my M1. <laughs> uh, I've got Lucas Rod at M2. Nice. Um, Patrikios and then Ham. And uh, my M5 is Abby Dowrick, who is a basement port rookie. That tackling. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know. I just, I liked what I saw. I, she wasn't even on my radar before I watched the game, um, and somehow she's on my field now. Yeah, uh, Derek is on my bench, so yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, good, good call. And Hannah Stewart is my bench yeah. midfielder, okay, who could actually come onto the field for Derek yet because I mean, I'll, I honestly, I'll probably wait and see what the lineups look like, which is always a mistake. Uh, come round one, see where players are named. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> whichever Jeez, one is cool. named yeah. on ball is yeah. probably the one that starts on my ground. Yeah. Nice. I've actually found the AFLW um not too bad when it comes to their lineups. Yeah. The men's is awful. It's all Oh, you place, don't but... even yeah, you know, I don't know what it is about the um AFL men's coaches, but they they seem to like have a disdain for like their fans, you know, like the, I know Brett Ratton did it recently, recently where he said he intentionally misnamed his team. And I know that beverage is on the same. They intentionally misnamed their team just for shits and giggles. Like, 
I don't know. Have a bit of respect for your fan base. Um, but the, I guess obviously the hard part with AFLW is that we still have rolling team announcements. So yeah, um, you don't find that teams do twenty four hours for each game, which is going to be really really hard. Selby did say on the podcast when he came on that um, the round one would be rolling lockout or would likely be rolling lockout to accommodate that so people can pick a good starting team. Um, I haven't heard anything about that since, so I don't know for sure if that's still the plan or like, I don't know whether the developer and stuff was able to get that sorted, but I'm hoping that that's the case. Yep. Um, But yeah, I thought maybe I did ask people on Twitter yesterday if uh, they had any questions for us before we go. Uh, I thought maybe there might be one or two people that, have some questions about their teams. Well, That's I was so wrong. dangerous asking us for advice. I, I, I know. I thought, I thought, I didn't think there'd be that many stupid people out there. I was wrong. The community's not very bright. Um, so I'm instead of one or two questions, <laughs> we have about 25. Uh, I'm going to, a lot of them are very similar. So I'm probably going to get a few into one. Um, yep. Surprise, surprise, about 70% of the questions are about the defense. Yep. So, People are wanting to know D3 onwards um, is a very common one. So who I assume that means people are going with <clears throat> with Slicer and Grider most likely yep. as their one and two if they're asking about D3. Um, I know, I think, Ben, you said you're, you've gone with Ellie Hampson. Do you think that she could be a D3 for people? Yeah, I, I liked her last year. She tackled a lot, tending center bounces. But after this conversation, I've been convinced to put more <laughs> Defender rookies in there. So first thing I'm going to do is get some more rookies. I think if you're a bit iffy about a position, um, can't really go too wrong with rookies. I think. Yeah. Um, and then spend up where you have a bit more confidence. So I've already got names like um, uh, there's like Eardley. I'm interested in now as well. So yeah, I think I'm going to chuck some more rookies back there. Yeah. Rainy. Um, Goodwin is is currently sitting as my. Uh... A D three, but that good one. Well... Isn't she basement priced? No, no, she's not. She's forty. Um, oh right, yeah. No, sorry, she was bought second pick. Yeah, yeah you're right. That, that's right. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So. So. So yeah. I guess I guess the question: Who who's a good D three? They probably want to know like D one and D two are your your premiums. Yeah. Um. D four and D five are rookies. Yeah. Are there any good mid price defenders that we should look at? Right, and so Ellie Hampson, I think, is a good call from Ben. She's likely going to be a midfielder this season. Uh, last year, last season, sorry, she, I think, spent. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ben. The second half of the season as a midfielder, uh, and did quite well. Yeah, and so she's, she's probably think, underpriced. Yeah, yeah, she was suspended for a game or two, and I think right. people had to drop off. But um, yeah, she was. That's really right. Great. She came back and um, played a bit forward, and that's why her average is quite low. I think she yeah, started she the season on really fire. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Could you go like um, slicer grinder? Uh, um, Did you say grinder? Uh, sorry, no. <laughs> Freudian slip there, Danny. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, grinder. I um, mean, you can go on grinder, but that's not really the topic of the podcast, mate. Thanks. Um, uh, Seth and uh, what's it? Uh, what's the Hawthorne uh, defender? Uh, early, yeah. Early. Yeah. Could could you could that be D one to D five? You know and. Well, that's what I'm rocking. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I like I said, I'm not a big fan of many of the mid-price defenders. So okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm new to AFL from Connor Hackling here. I'm new to AFLW fantasy. What's the basic strategy of the game, and who are the definite locks? So, who do you boys 
have in your team right now that no matter what news comes out, they're not going anywhere? Give us like three or four each. Wow. Maybe I'll do one from each line. Um, maybe defenders, I'll go Philippa Seth. I think a defender attending center bounces is awesome. Um, midfield, Patrikios, I, I think with that discount, it's almost guaranteed she'll go up in price. Rux, just pick a basement price from one of the expansion teams, basically. Um, and forward line, I'll go with one of my Swannies, Lawrence's Spaghetti. Um, yeah. Basement price, forward rookie attending center bounces is pretty gold. Yeah, thanks. I'll, I'll go with uh, Ruby Slicer. I think I think she's she's a lock. I right. think um, for Mitz, uh, Patricios as well is is a lock. Uh, Montana Ham is sort of a lock as well. Basement Rock and then uh, Tyler Hanks as as a lock up forward. Nice. Uh, from Waiter, any advice for rucks? Seems like basement rooks are the play. So obviously we have touched on a lot of those basement rookies. Um, do you guys think there's any justification for not going with an on-field rookie ruck? And if not, who? Oh, it's a tricky one. Going into my first AFLW fantasy season last season, I thought rucks would be the go like the men's if if there's a ruck when they usually score really well that's what i thought yeah yeah afl women's it's not really the case um i don't i guess they don't quite move around the ground as well and play as that fourth midfielder so yeah I, i'm going basement just because i don't really feel like there's any amazing premiums like gorn or grundy yeah i i was thinking the same um there was a few issues last season though where once a rookie ruck gets dropped like with every other position, there's so many options you can move through up or down. Whereas in the ruck department, which is why they have set and forget the men's comp, there's so few options to actually move to. And so you need to do a full restructure to, if you want to go up to a premium. Um, the issue, of course, is that there's not many uh, good good ruck, rucks that are going to consistently perform. I think Brandon Moody is probably, if you want a locked ruck for the season, Carlton's Moody is probably going to be yeah. the ruck one for the season, in my opinion. Um, now, I might be a little biased here, but I think Mimstrom is going to be a great pick if you're looking for that mid-priced ruck. So, obviously, we had her on the podcast, and nice. she did promise us that uh, once the season proper starts, <laughs> that she's going to follow Kiara Bowers everywhere she goes, and anytime Kiara Bowers tackles anybody, she's going to tackle them too and yeah. hope that Champion Data give her an extra tackle. Uh, now, I watched Mim quite closely in the, the quarter and a half I watched for Freya West Coast, and she had like six tackles in a quarter and a half. Yeah. Um, now, the game was pouring down with the rain. Like, it was absolutely pissing down. Um, but she looks the goods. She really does. She's she's a mountain out there compared to a lot of the other players. I think she had the second most disposals among rucks last season, um, but didn't really have many marks or tackles, and so her average wasn't that high, which means she's underpriced. So... My call would be if you want to pay up, you go Moody. If you want a mid-price, you go Mimstrom. Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Or or just, yeah, you could use your utility if, if your basement rucks get dropped. And... Good call. You could do yep. what Ben is considering yep. and have that ruck as a utility, um, like as a third ruck, not just any position, so that you can actually have that. If a rookie, rookie ruck does get dropped, you've got extra cover. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I really can't split those rookie rucks. So, like, if I've got three of them, surely one. There's actually four, right? There's McGrath, both whales, and uh, and Davies. Uh, Question from Rez. He's the the 
winner of last season of the inaugural AFW Fantasy. So pressure's on, and this one's for you, Ben. Besides Montana Ham, who is a must-have Sydney player or rookie? (laughs) Must-have. They're all Um, (laughs) must-have. That's not an answer. So the four I was really excited about was Ham, Whelan, Sagetti, and Kennedy. Um, Ham, number one picks, looked awesome. Whelan and Sagetti both had forward status and were attending basically every centre bounce. And then Brady Kennedy in defence um, is basement price as well um, and attended centre bounces. So I think the four from there I think are great. I don't think I would touch anyone who's above rookie priced at Sydney. I think you can just go for the rookies. Yep. Nice. From Brown Sam, can I start Bowers, Marinoff and Hatchard? I've got a lot of defense. Defenders are solid and forwards are all very rookie heavy as well as the rookie ruck combo. Bowers, Hatchard and Marinoff. Yeah, you're solely banking on them to deliver a week on week. Uh, It's similar to sort of what I went with last year. Started with the big three in, in midfield, paid up for that and then compromised other positions. It's not the way I'm planning to start this year. Um, just because it just takes up too much cash and the other lines are quite thin. And then if they have a, a poor match, like, you know, Hatch Out's 37 in round three, four last uh, season, um, yeah, it really compromises your your whole season. So, yeah, for that reason, I, I cannot put all the eggs in 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 uh, in, the, in the, that basket, which is three players. Ben, you reckon you can do it? Bowers, Hatch Out, and Marinoff? Yeah, I'm, de- I'm actually considering it a little bit. Um, I answered last season, I only had Bowers and I had two mid-price midfielders and then uh, two rookie midfielders. And it really killed me because yep. in AFLW, there was those five or six midfielders blasting out hundreds and I just was so far behind. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, maybe you could take a gamble with rookies in defense and the forward line and midfielders just go heavy. But um, yeah, I didn't think I'll do it, but... Yeah, I can see why they're considering I, I think it's actually a great play. So I I I'm starting with three premium midfielders. Now they're not um they're not the Ubers that are Bowers Hatchard and Marinoff, but having Bates, uh, which may be may go back to Adele, I'm really not sure. Um, and Lucas Rod and Patrikios. Now I know that Patrikios is a little bit discounted, um, but you probably need an extra hundred K to get those three up to the three he's starting with. And I think that I I could very well do something like Slicer down to an extra rookie or Phillips down to an extra rookie so I could get a good one in the back line um, or someone like uh, Spaghetti from, from Sydney in the forward line and then get all three of those players up to Bowers, Hatchard and Marinoff. And I'd be okay with that. Um, I, it guarantees you, you know, amazing captain options every week. You could play with upcoming opponents. So you've got... Um, you probably want to captain them against maybe the expansion teams and clubs like Gold Coast who struggle a little bit. And it means that when Bowers comes up against someone like uh, Brisbane, you can switch it to Hatchard or Marinoff. Whereas with us, we, we're going to start with one Uber premium and then a couple of discounted premiums. And we're stuck with whoever M1 is for probably a few weeks until we can start upgrading, right? Yep. Yep. So I don't mind it. Interesting. All right. One final question before we go uh, from Michael Hare. When are you going to get decent hosts? <laughs> decent hosts or decent guests? Um, no, no. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <Shots laughs> no, uh, no, no th- thanks for all the research, Michael. I think you've, you've done a great job. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's 
definitely gaining traction, feeling lots more uh, momentum in this uh, AFLW uh, start of season, 22B, and really enjoying the diversity of opinions from our from our guests. I think it's it's really cool. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yes, so, and next week's guest is going to be a um. I I don't think I want to spoil it, but um, is next week's guest is going to be a big one. So yes. I yeah. think that you're definitely going to want to tune in for next week. It'll likely be on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, as our guest is recording another podcast on Monday. Yeah, and we want to hear more from Ben as well, especially with your starting squad to see how you're tracking yes. the season as well. We've got, you know? what, yeah. 14, uh, sorry, about 10 days until the season starts, 11 days. Yeah, there's going to be a lot more tinkering over here and um, I'm going to be focusing on the rookies this season as well. Um, I don't know if I would have committed to that um, if I'd known that there was like 263 of them this season. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that should be fun. Yeah, so for uh, listeners out there, you can find some of Ben's articles on DT Talk. Um, so at DT Talk on Twitter or dreamteamtalk.com.au, there's plenty of, I'm sure most of you probably know that from the traders, um, but our podcast go on there and Ben does some some articles on AFLW Fantasy there. So there's actually some good write-ups on some of the rookies, um, you know, ones that we think might start as well as ones that we think might score well. So uh, all right, I guess we, we go again next week, Boney. Uh, and then yep. as the season's on indeed can't wait can't wait and thanks so much ben for for joining us mate really appreciate it no thanks for having me on i, I came 108 last year so i think there's 107 people who are better placed than me but um yeah hopefully that was more, that was useful i mean that's still a pretty good effort that's um that's not far off a hat yeah no, yeah, we'll... no hat though <laughs> not yet not yet yeah all right Take it easy, boys. Uh, no worries. Thanks. Yeah. See ya. See ya.